Podcast where the topic is the rock and the brew. Whatever you fuel. I'm your host, Rob G. And with me, as always, the legendary brew crew. What's going on, fellas? Hi. What is going on, everyone? How y'all doing out there? Yeah, uh, we are down a man today, so shout out to Dev. Uh what were you laughing at? I don't even know, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I, I must have been so I was thinking something, but then it uh, That's weird. what up, Devin? <laughs> hey Dev. Hey Dev. <laughs> oh my god. Um, <laughs> this is episode one forty five of Bruising Banter Podcast and uh Nailed it. I yeah. sound like a nigga that don't got a dad. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I hate like a motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I had to talk to somebody about those things. <laughs> Uh, I got a number for you if you need it. <laughs> That's funny. You got a number for him? <laughs> if, he, if he needs it. Uh, um, all right. Well, uh, like I said, it's one, uh, episode 145. And do we do have a uh, great guest with us this afternoon or today or this morning or whatever time you are listening? That time of day, that's where we are. <laughs> what? What? Does that make sense? I, yeah, I guess it, it, it makes perfect sense. It, 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 works. Works. it works. It works, man. <laughs> you're, you're a genius. Wherever you are, <laughs> whoever you are, it's that time. Right, it's that time. You, you, you forgot to mention night. It, it, the nighttime comes around, too. That's why I said whatever time, good evening. Oh, okay. Instead of keep on naming evening and supper time and all that shit. Right. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> uh, well, we, we want to get on with the show because this is a, a great show we yes, have for you today. We want to uh, bring in a uh, writer. Uh, and we'll, well, actually, we'll let him. He'll, he'll tell, him, tell him about him. But we do want to bring in writer Jamal Lemon to the podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome. What's happening? What's happening? Thank you for having me. Uh, thanks for coming on. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for uh, yes. blessing our airwaves. Because uh, uh, I, I, we know you do a, a lot in the in the yeah, you do a, a lot of busy, writing, busy. a lot of writing. Mm-hmm. I, I, you just had an event as well. We can get into as well. Uh, uh, beer collab, beer beer making, and all that good stuff. And um, so, before we get into all that, we always like to know what everybody is drinking on. So, what are you drinking today? Uh, Jamal, you drinking on something? I'm not drinking on anything, but and I think we can probably get into this later. But I do have next to me 
my eight and all collab okay. with uh, Enzo's Good Beer Hunting and uh, Lost Loggers. Nice. Yeah, it's American Strong Ale. Pretty high, eight and a half percent. Um, pretty high ABU, so you get like a, a lot of malt, but you also get some uh, bitterness peaking out there, and uh, it's great with Gullah Geechee Cuisine. Okay. What? What? Gullah Geechee Cuisine, Charleston, South Carolina, man. We can get into all that. Oh, oh yeah, we're going to have yeah, to. We, 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 I have no yeah, idea. Yeah, yeah. I don't even know what the hell you just said. Yeah. Okay. I, so I, I'm going to get into it. But I would like to know a lot more about it, Mr. Geechee. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. Can um, I call you Mr. Geechee? Does that work? Uh, no, I call you Jamal. He may be the official. Maybe the official Gucci, huh? What if he's not actually Gucci though? Like, well, he's the most closest Gucci that we ever had on the show. <laughs> <laughs> he's the most official Gucci that we ever had. Nobody even mentioned it on the show. That's true. I guess it, and he the first one ever said it. So yes, he is Mister. <laughs> Good point. Thanks, man. Oh, all right, um, all right, uh, Lou. What are you drinking on? <laughs> oh man, I have. Uh, I got Sun Lab. This is. I think that's the name of the brewer brewery. But um, Sun Lab is called Pure Sun. It's an American uh, sour ale with passion fruit, pink guava, pineapple, and orange zest. This is what the can looks like. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pure Sun is out of Miami, Florida. That's where it was brewed and canned. Uh, this is what it looks like. That can looks like Miami Vice, like right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it got all the vibe, yeah. right? <laughs> sure. It looks sure. like cocaine. Exactly <laughs> <laughs> what it looks like. Looks like 80s cocaine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what it looks like in the pour. Um, I'll taste it right now. <laughs> I'll taste it right now. Uh, it's, yeah, <laughs> heavy, heavy in that pink guava, passion fruit, a little bit of the pineapple. You could taste the orange zest on the back end, but this is delicious. I like sours. It's uh five point seven. In a pint, ga- in a pint um, can. This is delicious, man. Pass me another. Cheers. Word, word, word. <laughs> All right, yo. What <laughs> you drinking on? <laughs> yo, so I-, I didn't know what to get, but because we had Brickworks on uh, last week, and I just love this chocolate-covered pretzel. So that's what I it poured really today. Chocolate-covered really pretzel stout. And this thing comes in at a heavy... 9.5% ABV. Ooh, hey. Whoa. Yeah. But it's, you know, you guys know, it tastes like chocolate covered pretzels. On the can, you can see the pretzel on the can. I don't know if it's any. Oh, and it's little chocolate uh, chocolate pieces in the yeah. back, too. See that? Oh, that, that, maybe that's like the brick. Yeah, like the brick. Yeah, yeah. there you go. The brick work. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, the brick there work. You go. Yeah. But this is what it looks like in the, uh, in the glass. You know, nice dark chocolate. I got it in my uh, Black is Beautiful, Beautiful glass, but it's definitely a, a good pour. Uh, tastes like chocolate covered pretzels, even that little salty, salty flavor mm-hmm. on here too. Mm-hmm. So it tastes just like chocolate covered pretzels. So shout out to Ron on this one, you know. Yeah, he did a really good job. Yeah, he did, he did, he did. So you know, this will be passed me another and another and another. <laughs> And then he's passed right. out. You know, passed out, yeah. Right, with, right. That, with that 9.5. Yeah, that's exactly where you be at. On I'll the... be passed out from this one, probably. Sure. Yeah, maybe. It's possible. Hey, Rob G. Yes, sir. What would you happen to be drinking on this week, sir? I'm actually drinking from Love City Brewing, the, the double eraser hood hazy IPA. There you go. Can you put that closer, sir? Uh, I like that. That can look simple, and I like it. It's big, juicy, and smooth. It is 9.3% ABV. Mm. Um, 
It's a it's, it's, the, it's the bigger version of their eraser hood eraser hood that they have a smaller version. So if you go in, you can get the double or the the baby or the original. Do they taste different, <laughs> the baby, uh, <laughs> or is it just different sizes? Uh, uh, there's a slight difference. I think I think the surprisingly, I think that the um, the smaller they, eraser they hood, something. the eraser hood is actually tastes a little more juicier than the and it okay. might, and it also could be also because I had. The original in, in, in on draft, and this is from the can, mm-hmm. so that could be a part of it. Oh, as well. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I but, that, it. but there it is right there in my uh, oh, look good craft joint, and with my uh, happy boy, hoppy boy. There you go, hoppy, <laughs> hoppy boy. Um, yeah, I like that glitch. Yeah, um, all right. Well, uh, would you pass you another of those, or yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, I think I might have even posted it. Pass me another. <laughs> Well, people listening don't know that if they didn't see your post. So yeah, 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 yeah. yeah cause I, I, not everyone follows you on Instagram. Uh, not yet, bruising. but they are. <laughs> They're getting there. <laughs> oh, they coming. <laughs> Jeez. All right. Well, we, want, we don't want to hold it too much longer because we do want to know all about what's going on, uh, yes. what, what happened with the, the event, and uh, and how you got in the craft beer. So without further ado, we want to uh, give the floor to Jamal. So the floor is yours, Jamal. Yeah, yeah, man. I just, yeah, thank y'all for having me again, man. This is uh in the in the best sense possible. This is the blackest podcast ever. <laughs> so, uh, I feel well, thank like, you. Oh, thank yeah, you. I feel like I don't have to do much much teaching on this one. I think we all kind of like yeah. I, you know, I appreciate yeah. you saying that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man. Yeah, we blocking in the motherfucker off, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This is true. Yeah, man. But uh, yeah, uh, my name is Jamal, man. Born and raised in Charleston, South Carolina. Um, I moved up to the D.C. area in '07 because I'm from Charleston, South Carolina. Just to, you know, just just to get up out of there for a little bit. And um, uh, well, one of the main reasons why I moved up is like I just really wanted to be around some black people, like, doing some different shit at the time. I was, like, teaching high school, and uh, which was cool, but I came up uh, for, like, Christmas break one year to kick it with one of my frat brothers and came up, and then an hour into the city, I was like, yo, I'm moving. Uh, yeah, it's like, I'm getting up out of wow. there. An hour into the city? hour into the city, man. Dang. They took me, where did they, they took me to this place. So where are y'all at? Are y'all, like, we're, we're in Delaware. Like, we're in yeah, Delaware. Delaware. We're, like, 90, like 90 minutes away. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. So anyway, there's this place in D.C., this bar called Stands, and they, they call it, like, Black Cheers. Okay. I don't know if it's still open now because of the pandemic, but right. it's, like, downtown. It's, like, you know, basement kind of thing. And, um, like, first when I walked in there, it's, like, all black people in there dressed up in suit. And coming from South Carolina, like, you don't see shit like that. Everybody right. back home teaches or they, like, work in plants and stuff like that. So I walk in there, I was like, okay, this is different. And then not only that, like, the drinks they make in there. So, like, if you want, like, a rum and coke, they give you, like, a fucking 12-ounce straight-up rum, and they give you a shot of coke. Every drink in there is, like, $16, but you get, like... Yeah, that's worth it. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, of course, you know, this is before I was married, but, like, you know, Ladies were in there. I was like, oh, my gosh, this can't be. And this was like a Wednesday. This was like a Wednesday night. Chocolate City. Yeah, I was in there. I was sold, man. I was like, yeah, I'm moving. Took me six months to get up here. And I, and I, I moved, man. And um, so, like, yeah, been up here ever since. And uh, currently, my wife and I, we live in uh, Baltimore City. And, um, yeah, I kind of got 
You want the whole story? Y'all want yeah, me yeah, to yeah. Yeah. Oh, got time. We here. Yeah, so I was up here for a little minute, and um, one of my uh, my men that I went to high school with, he moved up here also. And we kind of, after the high school, we kind of like lost contact or whatever, but found out that we were both in the city. It's like, oh, shit. So then we just started hanging. And then, uh, you know, just going to shows and stuff like that. And um, we were just like, we all, we've always been into like, arts and creative shit and like music and all of that so we were trying to think of like we just wanted to do something cool or whatever like some creative so we uh we started this travel blog um because we uh me him and another homeboy we like randomly went over to europe just to kick it like you know just just to go just whatever. To kick it. We just randomly go to Europe. Just yeah, to kick yeah. it. And, um, yeah. so we just went, you know, took our cameras and like, you know, shot photos, did videos, and like was heavy on the social media. This is like around twenty twelve, something like that. And um came back and like edited it up and made it made it look good or whatever and like just start posting it and like all of our friends like really liked it or whatever. So um, friction happened between one of the homeboys, but my high school homeboy and I, we were like, fuck it, we just gonna break off and do this shit our, ourselves. So we started this website that was focused on travel because at the time, from what we saw, we, you know, I kind of, we were kind of like just looking immediate, like, like our people around us, like, where were they going to travel? Everybody was like going to Miami, Vegas, Atlanta, like, the Caribbean, like, I don't want to say typical shit, but, like, everybody was kind of, like, doing the same song and dance. Right, right. And, you know, we were, like, going to Brussels and Amsterdam and Ireland on St. Patrick's Day, right. and that's kind of, like, in a flossy kind of way, but it's like, yo, I already know what's going on in Atlanta and all that. It's like, I want to kind of, like, be uncomfortable, but comfortable in a sense. Right, yeah. So we started doing that, and... um like just traveling and then like documenting it. Um, but we both had nine to five jobs. So it's kind of hard to sustain a travel blog if you're not traveling all the time. So then I just start thinking of ways, how can we travel without necessarily leaving? So I came up with this idea uh, for a YouTube show called uh, One Beer. And basically we would take uh, one beer from one country and compare it to one album. Oh, no. Kind of like a wine and cheese thing, right? Yeah, so we, were, yeah. we did that for a while, for like two years. And uh, just, like, in his apartment every Sunday, we shot, like, like two, maybe three videos and, like, just talk very dumb about these beers. Because at the time, like, we were complete novices, man. Like, we didn't know anything about beer styles. We were just talking shit. Compared, yeah, this album reminds me of uh, Currency's album. Like, just, you know, shooting shit, yeah. whatever. Anyway, but we, we kept doing it and tried to edit it and make it look cool. So um, a couple years later, this website, Thrillist, post this uh, casting call where they were looking for people who wanted to travel the world, drink beer, document their experiences, and get paid for it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yo, Yeah, so I, I sent it to my boy, and I was like, yo, check this out. I was like, we basically do this already. He was like, yeah, that's crazy. Like, neither one of us applied for it. I was just, like, sending it to him. I was like, yo, this is crazy. They're looking, they're looking for niggas to do this shit, right? And uh, so I was like, whatever. So then, like, a couple days go by, and I was like, you know what? Let me go ahead and apply for this thing. Probably not going to win. Like, you know, whatever. I'll sleep better knowing that I, I at least uh, applied for it. Yeah. Applied for it, forgot about it, maybe about a couple months later, later. Uh, my she was my girlfriend at the time. We were moving into a new apartment, 
and I get this. This is April Fool's Day, literally <laughs> April Fool's Day. I get an email on my phone, and I look at it, and uh, it's like, you know, you've been been selected as a semifinalist for this internship. I was like, yo, so I call my boy, his name's Shep. I call Shep. I was like, yo, check out this email I'm about to send to you. It's saying that we won, we're like a semifinalist for some things. Like, I don't know what it is. Check it out. I'm literally packing up and unpacking right now. He's all right. So he checks it out, hits me back. He was like, yeah, it's like from a company called World of Beer. And I was like, oh, that's from the Thrillist thing that I applied to like a few months ago. So, um, Basically, they needed us to, you know, do we accept our, uh, when it being a semifinalist and uh, go on to the next step? Of course, we say, yeah. So they're like, uh, okay, so your next, your assignment is um, you have to, it was like a special assignment. You have to go to a brewery, take three pictures, and do like a write up about it. Mm. And uh, we were like, the fuck? Like, we've been doing it. Like, we've been doing this shit for minutes. Like, okay, that's what you want us to do. All right, so we go. It's like a brewery at the time, and uh, we were living in downtown uh, Silver Springs. a brewery, right, like, right up the block from where we used to live called uh, Denizens. So went there and um, uh, spoke to the brew, the head brewmaster and took three pictures. And so I have a 15-pound – this is real fucked up. I have a 15-pound uh, Boston Terrier. And my boy Shep was like, yo, whatever we do, you need to put your dog in this picture because if white people are running this shit and they see that dog, they're going to be all over it. Yeah, like, right. All right, let's do it. I have a question. Is a 15-pound Boston Terrier a big, a nah. bigger Boston mm. Terrier? No, nah, yeah, mm. he's a little That's guy. about the right size for a Boston Terrier? That's, yeah. Okay. They okay. normally range from about 12 on the low end from like 12 to like, to like 17 20. pounds, but they can get gotcha. up to like 26. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I was yeah. not sure. I had no they're idea. Like, they're like Duke size. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. And thank you for the comparison. I, had no, yeah, I, yeah, I got yeah. a, I got a pug. He like. Oh, okay. Like, yeah. Yeah. Same yeah. thing. Almost. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. And, um, so we, you know, go there, do the, shoot the pictures, whatever, do the write up, send it back to him. And uh, they were like, uh, they hit us back. It was like, yo, you made it as finalists. So now we have to do like a, a, a Skype interview. So we do a Skype interview. And like all of this is happening like really, really fast. And I'm like, yo, this shit is like, is this legit? Like what's going on? <laughs> and, um, Wait, you still don't know whether it's legit yeah, or not. It happened on April Fool's Day. Yeah, yeah, he's still ain't caught drinking his joke along. Yeah, yeah, you know, that's that, that's that black shit. Is <laughs> <Yeah. right. laughs> the rug is about to be pulled. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's like, so, um, so we do that. And then so we had the Skype interview with them. So they get to see us and see how well, uh, Shep and I kind of like, just like interact and play off of each other and everything. And then, uh, you know, this is asking stuff like about where we're from and all of that. And then one of them asked, so my dog's name is Coltrane. So they asked, uh, well, who does Coltrane belong to? And I was like, Oh, that, that that's my dog goes into this 10 minute conversation about how much they love Coltrane. And then I get a text while we're on the Skype interview text from my boy, chef. He was like, nigga, I told, told you. <laughs> <laughs> so long story short, uh, we ended up winning. And this is 2016. We ended up winning this contest is, uh, so it was what four, how many? Yeah. Four people total that one. It was a guy from Ohio a uh, young lady from uh, Brooklyn, New York. And then uh, my boy Shep and I were a package deal. So they, you know, because we did the videos and everything together, it was like, oh, let's have both of them come on. So they, uh, con- you know, 
tell us that we win. And they were like, okay, this is like a Tuesday now. And uh, so they're like, okay, well, we're going to fly you guys down to Tampa, Florida. We're having like our uh, like uh, annual like business retreat with all the managers because their headquarters is based out of St. Petersburg, Florida, which is right by Tampa or whatever. It was like, you know, we want to fly you guys out uh, so that you can meet the team and we can do media training and all that. Like, what the fuck? (laughs) So, and so my boy is a, he's a high school teacher and I work for the, for the government and like, you know, I can just take off whenever I want. And him, I was like, yo, you going to, are you going to be able to take off? He was like, yeah, I don't care if I can't. So, sure enough, dog, they sent us the tickets. We fly down, car service, picking us up. Hotels paid for is like all this stuff, and I'm like, yo, this is crazy. So we get down there, and they're like, uh, so we're having like this. They were having like this concert in this. I don't, I remember what venue it was, but it's like an outdoor venue in uh, like downtown St. Pete, Petersburg, Florida. And uh, we go to that show, and it's like a live band playing, and it's all these people there. But all the people that are there are like people that work for the company, mm. and there's like beer everywhere, just free beer, and the whole time. People like just coming up to us and like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad that you guys won. We were rooting for y'all, and in our minds, we're like, we still don't know what the hell is going on. They bring us on stage, they introduce us as winners. Um, like we interview. This is all for like like a weekend. Like we interview with the BBC. We do the media training. We do all this shit, and it's like, yo, this is crazy. And so then we get a better sense of. What does this mean? How does this, you know, what, what are we going to be doing? So basically our job, and this was for a summer. This was also the summer that, the summer before I got married. I got married in uh, October. So this is from like uh, late April, May, all the way up to like August. And they're paying us $12,000 to do this. Oh, right? shit. <laughs> and, oh, yeah. So basically they give us our missions to wherever we're supposed to go. It's like basically they wanted Chef and I to go to these places Show that we're having a good time, document it, and send it back to them. Basically, everything that we've always been doing. All right. Except you'll actually get the gold now. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Right, and get paid to do it. And get paid to do it. Then we have another meeting about where we're going to go for our uh, assignments or whatever. So, like, our first assignment was in Baltimore just to kind of, like, work out any kinks or whatever to, like, a local world of beer uh, facility. And then... And this was like every other weekend we had an assignment. So like I would be at work and like normally I would just like sign out early on Friday to catch the flight to go to wherever we're going. And in my mind, I'm like, you motherfuckers don't know how much fun I'm about to have. Like I'm about to be out here, my boy, out here, boy, we out here. And um, so like, like, like I said, like every other weekend. So they give us our where we're going, uh, Baltimore the first week fly out to Chicago to run a beer mile. And what that is, I don't know if y'all have ever ran a beer mile. It's every quarter of a mile have to chug a 12 ounce of beer. Uh-huh. And then, I don't know if this is a good or bad thing, but I came in top three <laughs> during this thing. This was, in, this was like July. This was like, it was hot as hell, but it was fun as hell. My first time in Chicago. Mm. And then after that, a couple of weeks later, we go to Sierra Nevada out in Chico, California. And uh, everything's paid for, flights, 
hotels, food, if we use our own money, use Expensified, uh, and they'll reimburse us, like, the whole nine, man. And they're, like, paying us, like, every, like, bi-weekly. You know what I'm saying? Right. And um, so Sierra Nevada, and then the big trip was going over to Europe. And this was for, like, maybe, like, a week and a half, two weeks, where we had to go to uh, Czech Republic, uh, Belgium, um, Germany, Berlin, and Munich, and basically, so all these places we would go to, we were we were either going to uh, beer festivals or actual breweries. So when we went to Chico, California, for Sierra Nevada, it was basically like a brewery tour, and like the whole time we just had to document our experiences and interview people, and you know, just do the do the whole nine and like be active on social media on their social media accounts. Um, but for me, like, and like all this time, like, we're not really beer fanatic. Like, we never really hung out at breweries like that. Like, you know, we weren't really crazy about the beer thing. We would drink it, but like, you know, whatever. But for me, it wasn't until we went to Europe. And prior to that, you know, we had been to Europe before, but when we went to the Czech Republic, that's when my, I literally just fell in love with it. Nice. Because in the uh, Czech Republic, like that beer culture there is is deep, man. Like it was, and it was a lot of shit that I had never seen before. Like, um, so like everywhere we went, there was a point of contact, and our point of okay. contact in Czech Republic was a guy named Evan Rail. And you know, we don't know these people prior to going in. Evan Rail is probably one of the most famous beer writers in the world. You know hmm. what I'm saying? Like he writes, but he also writes for the publication that I work for for at uh, Good Beer Honey, but, like, has written for, like, Wall Street Journal and, like, like done all this cool stuff, man, and, you know, work with Anthony Bourdain, like, all this crazy shit. Anyway, he's our point of contact in uh, Czech Republic. We go to this bar, this bar, uh, it's like a beer pub or whatever, called Locale, L-O-K-A-L, and it's, uh, it's a, you know, Czech pub where they, and he begins to explain uh, tank beer and what that is. And tank beer in the Czech Republic is where basically a pub has a welded tank with a mylar bag inside of it and it's pressurized mm. and it's filled with beer. So basically the, the brewery, uh, like Pilsner, first of all, they call all beer Pilsner, whatever it is. They just give me a Pilsner. <laughs> you know so Pilsner, Pilsner Kell drives a truck to this pub, connects the holes up to that tank, pumps that beer into that tank, and then it's uh, dispensed. Well, what makes it dope is because, you know, I, mean, I think we all know that oxygen and light and sometimes time, depending on the beer style, those are like kryptonite to beer. Right. Yeah. So for this beer, oxygen never gets, oxygen never hits this beer. So the first time oxygen hits that beer is when it's dispensed from the faucet. Mm. And, bro, I lie to you not, like, that shit was like, the foam on it was like cappuccino. Like it was like this cream. It was like all the shit. Like I had never seen a beer pour like <laughs> yeah. that before. And then we're just sitting up just drinking. I was like, yo, this is like, this is a good beer. Like I never even said that before. Probably. <laughs> I never said, oh my God, this beer is shit. Like that beer was, I was like, Damn, this beer is good. And then we're just sitting down and we're like eating blood sausage and potatoes, like all the real, like, like shit that I really like to eat. And, um, so he, he then begins to tell us about uh, pours and uh, in the Czech Republic. How if you come to uh, come to the bar and you want a particular beer, a lot of times either they'll ask you what kind of pour do you, do you want, or you'll tell them 
what kind of port are you on? I was like, what? Well, you know, what? what is, that doesn't make any sense. He was like, I'll show you. Bartender comes over. He asked for a beer called uh, uh, Baliko, and it means it translates to uh, milk in, uh, in uh, English. Right. Goes to the uh, bar, pours the beer, comes back, and fam, the beer is all white. It's all foam. Like it's a it's a mug full of foam, Ooh. and I'm like, my man, yeah, come on, man, nobody's drinking this shit. Like I'm not. That's come on now. He's like, try it. I try it. The best beer <laughs> I've ever had in my life. Like it's like when I say foam, like it's like creamy, and it's like like I said, like a cappuccino, and like. It's, it's just hard to, you have to like really see that shit for yourself. But at that particular moment, like that, like beer just really, a, it touched on all of my senses, like mm-hmm. sight, obviously the taste, just like being, just like being in the, the pub and like all these different things. And then like, just like, I was just blown away by like, just pour up, just like, just foam. And it was good. And, like, I was telling him, I was like, yo, back home, like, people do nasty shit, like, back home, like, in college. If it's too much foam in your beer, people used to, like, rub the side of their nose and stick their hand <laughs> in their beer to kind of, like, kill all the foam. But, like, in Czech Republic, like, foam is, like, that's a good thing. And mm-hmm. later, on, later on, I find out that, you know, that kind of, like, keeps the beer fresh for, you know, for the time being or whatever. So that kind of mm-hmm. just set me on my path to this uh, to this beer shit. And then once that, that – uh, that internship was over when I came back, I just started applying for breweries in DC. Um, and like, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I didn't know. I was just like, yo, I like doing this shit. I don't know what it is. I like it. Right. And I still didn't know a whole lot. Um, and I, I eventually started working at this brewery in DC called uh, Atlas and I uh, worked there for a while. And, um, and then doing that, like it, it kind of helped me like learn like beer styles and like just how to, you know, keep uh things clean when like when you're pouring beer and dispensing mm-hmm. beer and all that stuff. Wait, so I, I got a question for you go any further. Yeah, so he was saying that this pour this pour was all foam, right? Yeah. Like and, and you he was saying that you could ask for a certain kind of pour. So when he asked for the beer, is that what he asked for? Like yeah. foamy? Yeah, so, <laughs> like, so, so could you get called, it another way? <laughs> yeah, so it's called Maliko and that's why I say it translates as milk in English and that's what that that's what the pour was, Maliko. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay, that's what I, yeah. I understand. Okay. I showed you a picture yeah. of this. Remember? Y'all remember I showed a picture of uh, what y'all drink this? 86. No, it was not. Because they do a human robot here in, in, uh, in Philly. They do that. I'm oh, really? Here. Okay, yeah. It's another um, it's another brewery here in the States that does it. It's uh, Notch Brewing. I, can't, okay. I think, where's Notch? Like in Vermont or something like that? So the type of pour he's describing is basically the amount of foam that you want. Within yeah. the beer, so, so I wonder the, what another pour is. So, yeah, what, do, yeah. what do you so call another one? You have uh, Maliko, and then you have another one called Ladinka. And Ladinka is like the it's a mix between the the your standard premium Czech lager mm-hmm. and then your dark Czech lager. Like they mix some shits up, mm. and the dark Czech lager sits on the top and. Oh yeah, I think uh, I had that. Before. Oh, that shit somebody is so... does it, somebody does it here. I can't remember where I was at, but right. it looks it looks it looks like um it's kind of arty looking when you look at it in the uh in the actual glass. Like, yeah. but I can't remember where I had it at. It was like a long time ago. Yeah, dog, that shit is so it's so good, man. But it's and good, yeah. That, like the dog, even to get a beer in Czech Republic, like it'll take you like five minutes. They clean the beer. They clean the glass like. 
three, four times. So first of all, like all the glassware is in this sink filled with water. So the glasses are underwater. So they'll take it out, get it on the sprinkler, clean it out with a rag, dump it in another glass of water, run some more water in it, clean it out. This is right up All that shit, man. I was like, yo, what the, the y'all mama really do all this shit? <laughs> yeah, that's how Rob, like, Rob cleaned his glasses like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, and see, I do that to this day. Like, yeah, that's Maliko, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. see, look at that shit. Yo, so, uh, so no, that, wait, hold so up. No hold beer up. in yeah, there. That, that's that's only just that little bit of shot of beer is all we drink Um, Trust me. Trust but me, that's trust. all. Hold up. But yeah. that's all I'm saying is that's all the beer I get. <laughs> okay. tell, I just I'm need. To, I, just, I just need to know what's happening. Well, and I'm 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 excited. I'm excited when that comes to my table. I'm not excited. Right? This, this changes. This is this is so American of us, Yoda. <laughs> like what we're doing is very American. It is. Uh, it has to be because that looks crazy as hell. But I feel like that's. That looks like a trash beer, bro. Yeah. Everything that you're saying, that's exactly what right. I said. Yeah, yeah, exactly yeah. I, I don't think I want to pay for foam, though. Oh, it's, <laughs> am I drinking the foam? Can I like how much of the foam is getting? Because they said it's almost like a, it's almost like a shot. You kind of drink it like it's a shot, kind okay. of, right? Yeah. So yeah, it is, yeah, it, yeah. it's a big ass glass full of a shot. Again, like that <laughs> that foam doesn't taste like you think right. it's going to taste because we're not used to having beer to spend. Here in the states, the way they do over there. So, like, you our concept I'm gonna take your word for it because you had it. <laughs> I need to try. It. I want to try. It. Where's my place? That's in Philly. That's in Philly, human robot. We got. Well, yeah, give it a shot. Like a road trip. Give it a shot. Give it a shot. <laughs> yeah, it, it's great, man. We going next weekend. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta yeah. try that. <laughs> that bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how well they do it, so I can't stand. Uh, yeah, I know if you go uh, to Czech Republic, that water, right? Yeah. And the beer's cheap as hell. Like, like a pint is like what a dollar thirty-five okay. cent, like some crazy like that. Okay, so I, like, can, yeah, I can. I can all day. Oh yeah, I definitely would try to. I, I, I try would try a dollar. Yeah, I would try the milk. I would try <laughs> the milk pour. I would definitely get the milk pour for a bunch. Yeah, you yeah. about eight dollars. I don't want to. Yeah, yeah, I <laughs> fool. It, it probably ain't a dollar at a. Human robot. <laughs> I know, but Mm-mm. I ain't take. I'm gonna pay for that trip if I can get it there. So it, I'll I'll pay the extra. Yeah, I don't know. That. That's I know, true. Uh, it's probably still cheaper at Human Robot. Yeah, <laughs> Covid is kind of strong out in Czech Republic right now too. So yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. That. Yeah, yeah, I ain't going out there. Mm-mm. Well, yeah, I just I'm glad you showed that though because now I, I got the picture in my head. <laughs> that's yeah, yeah. still some weird shit. But so okay. what? So what? What is the name of the pour that we particularly drink when it's oh, like it's, uh, a, less than a quarter ahead or ten percent? Oh my god! I just uh, oh schnit is what it's called. Oh, schnit, so oh, Maliko, and schnit, and and schnit. So it's only the three. It's only the three. The three, and I think it's like one more. But those were the three that I know that I was okay. told about. Right gotcha. Right. Schnit gotcha. is like your standard two fingers of phone, your standard yeah. pour, or whatever like that. But like I'm. Bro, I'm telling you, like, go on YouTube or, like, Instagram and, um, like, just, like, search search that shit and just watch how, like, the time and care that they put mm-hmm. into, like, just prepping a beer. And, like, it's it, it even gets to the point where people go to particular pubs in the Czech Republic because they like how it's poured there. Not necessarily, like, I mean, you know, I would go out on a limb and say most of the beer, if not all the beer in Czech Republic is going to be good, but it's, like, how do they prepare it? 
It's like, yeah. oh, well, I don't go over here because they don't know how to pour that shit. Fuck with them boys over there. They know how to pour your beer. Like, it's like that. You know? Yeah. I'm going to go fuck with a brewery here. Like, let me get uh, schnitz. a schnitz. <laughs> let me yeah, get that. Like, and they're like, oh, we do like, schnitz what? all the time. We schnitz pour all the time. We got you. Yeah, yeah, got you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. pour that. Yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> but that's, dope, that's dope that you say that, that they yeah. is based, the beer is good everywhere over there. Mm-hmm. So it's more like, I like Yoda over there because he poured a certain way versus where Rob and at his brewery or his yeah. pub yeah. will pour it a different. That's yeah. It, mm. yeah was exactly. there ever was there ever another country that like after Czech Republic that so, did that to you? So Czech Republic, man, because like it really opened my eyes into the nuances of beer. But I can go out on a limb and say that my favorite styles of beer are from Belgium. And I would say Germany a little bit, but like my favorite style is a, a quad, a Belgian quad. Okay. Um, but like uh, Weizenbox and um, oh my gosh, what's the other beer? So Route beers, like those are my favorite. Those are German style. Like those are my favorite styles of beer, which are you know Weizenbox, kind of similar to a quad, not as stronger, not as darker on the SRM, but like kind of like almost like the same dance. And then yet Route beer, that's just kind of like something totally left that like a lot of people just don't like but uh, are you uh are you finding these beers locally in baltimore or, or is, um, it, is it i'm going to germany to get this beer no 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 so you can get some of them import um there's a um nice little uh bottle shop around the corner for me uh called off the rocks shout out to my man jarell and uh, his wife ty um they carry like a lot they carry like a lot of local stuff a lot of maryland stuff like a lot of east coast stuff period and then they'll also have like a a selection of like your belgian styles mm-hmm. and your, your german styles and i can go in there and get like um um i don't know, i can get like a lot i i can get like a lot of good stuff like i can get some route beers i can get some ice box in there german ice box and so like yeah a lot of and then you know anywhere i go if I'm traveling with my wife or whatever, um, I'm going to always pull up the Yelp app and just find out where's the, the nearest brewery and just pop in there mm-hmm. and see what they have. So. Nice. And then I was going to say Baltimore got a lot of, got uh, a plethora yeah, yeah. Like yeah, yeah. Uh, good word, good word. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah He threw that one out there too. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. He was yeah. working on it. He you was know working why I threw on that, that out there. <laughs> that's that. That's that nine point five percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it, it, it activated your brain power. Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> he got nine point five percent more brain power. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the brewery's here oh, and uh, pretty, pretty, pretty good here in Baltimore, man. The neighborhood where we live in. Uh, we actually split the difference between two breweries. It's like uh, mm. Mobtown. I actually used to work at Mobtown. Mobtown Brewery is like a half a mile to the right, and Monument Brewing is a half a mile to the oh, left. So, okay. You know, okay. in a nice little spot. And we live in a neighborhood called Brewers Hill. So Nice. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard of yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. So, after nice. you, so after you came back, you you you, um, you started working on that brewery. Then 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 where, what happened after that? So, yeah, so I, you know, just working in the, I was just working in the tap room behind the bar, and um, just, you know, just kind of like taking everything in, and like I'm already newly snobbish with the, with the pores <laughs> and the foam and all that, but I'm like taking my time, pouring all that shit perfect like that. Um, so I have a, a English background. I have a master's degree in English, and aside from teaching, like I haven't, like I always enjoyed writing, but I never like really did anything. So I, I never really got paid to do it. Let's just say that. And um, I was just trying to find my way, 
within this thing. And um, I would do like a lot of tastings for Atlas. Um, also, my boy and I that I did the internship with, we came back and we started a podcast. It's kind of like uh, fell on its head now because life happens. Right. Um, but we had a we started up a podcast and um, we wanted to. It was two things we noticed on that on that internship. One, everywhere we went, we didn't see a whole lot of people of color. We didn't see a whole lot of black guys. She saw damn near zero black women. Right? <laughs> and um so but we didn't want to have a podcast where we were only speaking to black people. You know what I'm saying? We kind of felt like, you know, that's you know, we still wanted we just wanted really wanted to kind of like challenge and push some shit. One thing we did see was a lot of women. Uh, not necessarily African American women, but we did see like a lot of women in positions of leadership in all these different so when we went to Sierra Nevada, like the the uh one of the art guys, she was a woman, we went over to Berlin when Stone so Stone opened uh, a brewery in Europe in uh Berlin. I don't know if it's open anymore, but like like the head of like the young lady that was like the head of marketing, her like she was like our point of contact. So it was like all these women in positions of leadership, but from our experiences and uh, relationships with the women that we know, none of the women like beer. So that was kind of like new to us. So we started this podcast like, well, we're going to only speak to women, both in and outside of the beer industry, and black women, white, like everybody. We just speaking to all women or whatever. So we're just doing that, and that kind of like got a little bit of. Uh, publicity man like craftbeer.com and a couple of other platforms picked it up so from there that's when i started uh reaching out about writing opportunities and um so with craftbeer.com i would just do that like i was for a while i was because we were just coming off of the one beer youtube episode where we were comparing music and beer and all that so then i kind of like translated that to the writing and, uh, I, you know, they thought it was cool or whatever. And then um, Good Beer Hunting, I had always kind of known about them. And, um, like, I just never thought that uh, I, I could. And Good Beer Hunting was a little bit intimidating for me because, like, the images and stuff was right. so good and so clean. And, like, you could tell these are like some like some art ass motherfuckers that are like doing this shit and then the pieces that they were writing were like so good I was like I don't know you know so I'm still new to the industry I can write but I don't want to be on there just you know talking out the side of my neck on some dumb shit I at least want to kind of like be a little bit more into the culture so like all of that stuff kind of led up to me eventually reaching out to uh, Good Bear Hunting for like uh, you know just like hey you guys got any openings or whatever like um, and the guy, uh, Michael Kaiser, he's uh, the owner of uh, Good Beer Hunting. He's like, oh, yeah, man. He actually kind of knew about me through uh, the podcast and through the internship and all that stuff. So we just had some conversations. And, uh, you know, he's like, oh, why don't you try writing some stuff? And, you know, I'd like to take pictures and stuff like that. So doing that, and then that's kind of like, put, I don't want to say put me up, anything like that. But I've kind of, like, gotten a little bit more uh, notoriety. <laughs> 
from being on their platform. Why you don't want to say put you up? Like, what's well, wrong you with know, that? I don't floss like that, fam. Come you on, know, man. We, we got to bring you randomly go to Europe. You we randomly go to Europe. Hey, no, no. Up here, I say it all the time. <laughs> I just don't say it out. I just don't say it out like that. This is the platform. Go ahead and say yeah, it out loud. Yeah, say that yeah. shit out loud. Yeah. yeah. And the podcast is, is Help the Poor. Is that That's what it's called, right? Yeah, the podcast is, is Help the Poor, P-O-U-R. And uh, we, you know, I think we did all right. Like, I had my wife on there and, uh, had uh, Julia Hers on there. She's a, a, a big name in the craft beer industry and uh, lobbyists on there, authors on there. And we just basically just, and we didn't necessarily talk about just beer all the time. It was just a platform for women who work in the, the industry and women who are, may not like beer for whatever reason to kind of like have a platform to where they, they can try, you know, certain styles and just talk about their work and things that they do. And, uh, so like yeah, and it's like in my mind also I've always like in particular for for black women, I just really wanted, I really wanted, I I really want more black women in this industry because especially especially for black women like if they like some shit they gonna bring seven people with them and yeah, then that right. shit gonna go whatever whatever it is if they buy into you and you know like what you're doing. They're going to bring people in. It's not all about capital, but I just think, you know, it can show how much black women can kind of like drive culture or whatever, that they don't necessarily get a lot of uh, uh, respect about doing. Right, facts. Um, yeah. yeah, that's true. Now, now, you just recently wrapped up a, I guess, collaboration and an event that I will not try to uh, pronounce. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Take, take care of the root, man. That was. Um, What's your call? Take care of the root. So that's that's like Bella Geechee shit I was talking about. Okay. About. You see that right there. Okay. Take, take care of the root. So the the long, it's a saying back home, and like a lot of the, the old folks say, take take care of the root for heal the tree. And what that means is it's important to it's important to know your past in order to, in in order to understand where you're going. You have to take care of the root of that tree. For that tree to live or if not that tree is going to die so whatever issues is going on up here with the tree dying you don't fix it up there you got to go to the root problem mm, to, right. to, to handle that thing and um so this came about and this was uh september of last year uh, a few of my buddies or, or one of my one of the guys i had already knew already mike stein Guy named Mike Stein. He owns a company, a research beer research firm called Lost Loggers. He and a guy named Peter Jones, and there's another guy, Dr. Brian Alberts, who's based out of Washington State. I knew him from. I moderated a panel in uh, D.C. at the Heyrich House Museum uh, a couple years back, and Brian was on that panel, so I, I kind of knew him from there. But like Mike Stein, I knew him fairly well. Those guys were already in talks with this research project for this uh, German gun and beer festival called the Schutzenfest that took place in Charleston, South Carolina. Hmm, what? Time. Yeah, Is yeah. Gun like, and beer? Gun and beer? It gets ill. It gets ill. <laughs> Doesn't so, sound safe, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they were in talks about talking about that, and so they were a little hesitant to move forward with that project because the African-American involvement in that festival was pretty vast. So they were like, well, do we know anybody from Charleston South? Do we know anybody from Charleston? And then Mike was like, oh, my boy Jamal. So then they pulled me in. 
we have conversations. And then at this point, because, you know, Mike and his uh, partner, they're beer historians and Dr. Brian Alberts, he is a PhD in history. Like they're historian, they bona fide historian. I'm just a nigga that just be writing bars here and there. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I'm not a historian like that. So I was a little hesitant. I was like, you know, I don't know, man. It's like, I really want to do this thing, but it's like, I'm not a historian. Like, I don't know how to tackle this thing. So, you know, we had a series of conversations. And then one weekend I flew, I went, I had to go home to check on my mom. And um, I always hit out with my boy, my boy KJ. He runs this uh, Instagram account called Black Food Fridays. If you ever want to check it out. So he and I always hit him up. Yo, what's up? Let's go hang out. So we go to this brewery. And um, sit down, just have a beer, you know, just talking, shooting shit or whatever. And uh, so at this brewery, it's like it's like a courtyard. You can go into the brewery if you want to get beer, or you can just sit out in this big ass courtyard. So we're sitting in the courtyard. Courtyard's fairly packed, and uh, you know, we're sitting down talking. And he asks a question. He asks the questions that I hear all the time from, like, you know, from the homies or whatever. It's like, yo, where 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 are all the black people at or whatever? <laughs> and I was like. I got it. So that helped me get an idea of how to kind of like tackle this project or whatever. So go back to my research, boys. We're talking again. And we're just, I'm just talking about things that I would see growing up in Charleston. Like, you know, football, I played uh, high school football, I played football in college. So the town where I'm from, football is a really big deal. Um, you have all of these schools that are really, really, really good in football. But the head coaches for these jobs, they get those positions because they inherit them, mm. not necessarily on the merit of their skills. And of course, most all of those head coaches are white. Absolutely, this one team, his his uh, one of the he's a he was the head coach. He's no longer now, but his grandfather was the head coach. Head coach was the winningest football coach on any level. John McKissick, look it up. And when we were in high school together. Uh, the grandson, they were talking about, oh, when McKissick steps down, his grandson is going to get that job. Like, this was open. They would have these conversations. Jump forward, he ends up getting that position when he uh, applies for applies for whatever. Anyway, so it's like all these, like, crazy-ass, like, just, like, you know, borderline racist, racist, like, just kind of, like, methods and systems that are in place that, prior to coming to D.C., like, I just thought that's just what it was. You know what I'm saying? I thought oh, okay. the fact that black people just back home, for the most part, just work in plants or become teachers, um, you know, I just thought that's just what it was. It wasn't until I came up here to, like, D.C., and then you see people who, like, you know, the first time I met a dude that same day, when I was with my boy, I met a, a dude. He was like, yeah, I work for National Geographic. I was like, nigga, what? <laughs> you know, like, it just blew my mind. It's like, you work for National Geographic. Like, everybody I know back home, I like teaching. So it was like all of that. But like in Charleston, in South Carolina, it's a little bit slower. It's a little bit suppressed. And it's like, and it's a, re- it's a reason behind that. Anyway, I promise you I'm going to get to the point. So... You know, I'm just talking about all the stuff with my historian guys, and they're like, Jamal, you need to tell your story. You need to tell your story. And then the history stuff, we're going to kind of like create a song and dance so that we're going to tell the history of this thing, but we're also going to show how you grew up and how those things that happened way back then, addressing the root, are still in place mm-hmm. now. And um, so going back to the, the festival, 
the Schützenfest. It was a gun and beer festival held in Charleston and a few other states as well. Um, and what it was, so this is, it happened during, uh, during Reconstruction, which is basically on the heels of the end of the Civil War. So you have Civil War is now over, and you have African Americans who were once enslaved are no longer enslaved and trying to assimilate themselves into society. Of course, you know, the Southern whites are like, nah, we still see y'all as this. Y'all can't be that. So there's that struggle that's still going on today. Germans come over as immigrants. They're not looked at as white by the Southern whites. So because of that, the German immigrants and the African-Americans, they start getting tight. So the Germans would have all these grocery stores. African-Americans would go there and, you know, buy stuff, support and all of that. They would live together. They would intermarry. Like, they would basically, they were cool. And then through all of that, the Germans had this festival, again, this gun and beer festival um, that was really popular in German uh, culture. And then African-Americans start being involved in that festival. Not so much on the gun side, but definitely <laughs> yeah, but definitely on the on the beer side and in the in the beer drinking side. The they wouldn't let us involved in the gun side for Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and um so then the Southern whites see that, they see the African American involvement, and they see that as a threat. He's like, yo, we can't have all these these black people with these guns and this beer. What the fuck is going on over there? So then they start getting involved. And then the German immigrants looking for social acceptance in their new home or whatever, that eventually excludes the African-Americans out of this festival, out of this beer space. Now, what does that look like today? Well, also during that time, it was illegal for African-Americans to either be seen consuming or uh, uh perceived uh, intoxicated, whether it was with beer or with spirits. So if they would, if someone suspected someone African-American that was drunk or saw them drinking, they would either be put in jail or they would be publicly flawed. Mm. So naturally, you know, you got all these black people like, fuck that, I ain't going over there, all the white people, I don't want the shit, like, I'll just stay over here, I'll just do my own thing. So then that's kind of like the beginning of why you can go to a lot of breweries and you probably don't see a whole lot of black people. Specifically for Charleston, though. I'm only talking right. about Charleston. Right. So this Schuson right. space is like the fingerprint to the black exclusion as it relates to hmm. beer in Charleston because there are zero black-owned breweries in Charleston. Now, on a stereotypical level, going back to like what my boy said, asked me at that brewery, he's like, yo, why aren't there any black people here? And it's easy to look at that and say, oh, well, shit, either you're black or white, oh, black people just don't drink beer. Right. Or, or if you like say like, man, I don't go to no breweries. That's some white boy shit. Mm-hmm. Those are very like low levels of deductive reasoning that have roots as to why people think that way. Right. Right. Well, that's the angle that I I took on that piece to kind of like just show like no is there's no predetermination to say that you know people me or people who look like me don't like beer or don't drink beer. It's like no, we were excluded from those spaces. And not only that, we were actually at those spaces, but nobody mm-hmm. was tell nobody's telling us that. So this leads into my collaboration with uh, with uh, Edmund Zos. So during our research, we were just like uh, just you know just kind of like looking at beer stuff in Charleston. We find out that there's this guy named Edmund Egan, uh, who in like 1778 
owned the first brewery in Charleston, um, Edmonton. They called him the Rebel Brewer or whatever. And uh, there's a brewery in Charleston called Edmund's Oast, which is named after Edmund Egan. And on, mm-hmm. their, we, on their website at the time, it read that, you know, it had like a little short bio about Edmund Egan, about him being the, uh, being the rebel brewer of Charleston. And they basically championed him. So, oh, he's Edmund Egan. He's, you know, he's the first. On record, Edmund Egan mentions uh, the enslavement of eight African-Americans that helped brew his beer, six, uh, six brewers and two coopers. Um, there are also some other names, uh, some other numbers. So it's wow. I think now like, like 15. But anyway, like, but these, the, this eight, these are eight African-Americans who were brewing beer. Now, Edmund Zost, at the time, they weren't leading with all of that information in their marketing. They just put in Edmund Egan and him being uh, the the rebel brewer. Not that Edmund Egan, oh, and the unfortunate enslavement of African Americans who brewed his beer, because let's be honest, he wasn't brewing his beer. The enslaved were brewing his beer. So I put that in this piece. So this piece is a three-part article, and it's broken down. I won't go into all of that, but like it's three parts, and it's you know, it's pretty long, but it's pretty detailed. Um, but anyway, I mentioned in that piece that, um, and the point of me putting it in there was not necessarily a wave of finger, but it was kind. Of, it was to show to prove how Charleston does a really, 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 really good job of whitewashing its history. Right. And um, so Charleston, that's the whole freaking country. Yeah. Today. Yeah, yeah, everything, yeah. everything you're saying is a just, yeah. Charleston right. is just a microcosm of the right. United yeah. States. Well, so that's why, yeah, that's why I always say I'm specifically talking about because I want people like mm-hmm. I like just said, brother Belgian, to be like, "Yo, that shit's going on over here too." Yes. Yeah. Like I kind of want everybody to just be like, "Yo," and like kind of like I mean, they don't have to necessarily do the same thing that I did to address it, but like just create the awareness, or whatever. But just like, a little back, little backtracking because you said, like you said, you you want to make sure it's specifically talking about Charleston, and you were talking about the. What is it called? The shoot them up and gun and yeah. beer fest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that that is what. Well, do you know if there were more? You said you mentioned something about them being more throughout the country. Yeah, were, were there more specifically called those German and black people fests? So, or, yeah, like, I don't I don't know outside of Charleston how much black involvement there was, but that okay. shooting fest happened in a lot of different places. Like anywhere where German where German immigrants. Yeah, set up. So, they okay. South Carolina, a couple of different places in South Carolina, and I want to say there was one. There was one in D.C., and I may not be. I may be mistaken. There may have been one in Philadelphia. I know mm-hmm. for a fact that beer, lager beer, was being shipped from Philly to Charleston because at the time, like it was kind of hard to brew. Like you know, it's subtropic down there in Charleston, the climate yeah. wouldn't work with the beer, or whatever. So they were getting mm-hmm. a lot of beer. From Philly, uh, lager beer in particular. Um, so, like, so, like, yeah. So, like, going back to Charleston, and you know, even if you don't know anything about Charleston, Charleston is Charleston was like Walmart for slaves back in the day. Like, you want all your slaves, you got to go to Charleston. <laughs> <laughs> no, they got, bro, they got the best slaves ever in Charleston. Tell you, uh, check it out. Damn. <laughs> like so, Amazon. Yeah. So what that meant was that um, you had a lot of 
Africans in Charleston. And a lot of times that trip would come directly from West Africa or it would come from West Africa, quarantine in the Caribbean, and then come up to Charleston. And um, so when I talk about Gullah Geechee, Gullah Geechee culture or Gullah Geechee people in Charleston, and it's specifically in the uh, southeastern corridor of, like, Kingston, North Carolina, all the way down to, like, Jacksonville, Florida. But, like, Charleston, South Carolina, and Buford, and, like, all coastal South Carolina, like, that's, like, that's the mecca right there of it. And what that is is that because the landscape in South Carolina and West Africa and the agriculture and the, the, the food and the seafood and all that, because it was so similar, when they would bring West Africans there, it, it was familiar to, to – that's why they were brought over because yeah. like, rice was like right. gold in South Carolina. Mm-hmm. And South Carolina is like one of the only places you can grow rice. You can grow rice in West Africa. Landscape looks the same. That's why they brought them over. So they were easy uh, – they were able to cultivate that land, which mm-hmm. also meant that they were able to hold on to a lot of traditions that they had coming from Africa, whereas – you know, you got think about it like that that game that you would play in a circle when you would say one word to one person and the word gets all the way around and by the time it gets to the last person, it's a totally different word. Mm-hmm. Think about it's like the same thing when you're bringing, uh, unfortunately, bringing slaves over. You bring them and you stop them here at this coastal town. Like they can hold on to a lot of their culture. But as they go inland, as they go up and, you know, a little bit further west, they kind of lose that because it's not the same landscape. It's not the mm-hmm. same you know, climate and all that stuff. So Charleston, they were able to hold on to a lot of that. Two of the main things, the dialect and the cuisine. Like, come down to Charleston, like, it's not like your typical Southern accent. It sounds very, it's very similar to, like, a Caribbean accent. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the cuisine is a lot of rice. You got this thing down there called red rice. Like, you know, red rice is like, you ever hear people talk about, oh, who made the potato salad? Charleston, we don't say that. It's like, who made the red rice? <laughs> who made the red rice? And red rice, if you know anything about jollof rice in West Africa, it's the yeah. same shit. It's the same mm-hmm. shit. So it's like all this going on. But you go to Charleston, Charleston's this big tourist city, and they talk about all oh, the history in Charleston, history in Charleston. Side note, Charleston is like Atlanta for white people. Unfortunately, that's like that's just what it is. Like white people love Charleston, right? <laughs> and um, and uh, no, like, it's like real shit. It's like a land for white people. So, but when they come there, like the city doesn't say, "Oh, come to Charleston with all this deep-rooted African history." They don't say that. It's come right. to Charleston for our history and our antebellum history, and all the restaurants are so good in Charleston. Whereas most of those restaurants, uh. uh prepare and sell very local cuisine, a lot of rice, a lot of seafood. All of that shit is black as hell in its existence, right. but not black hmm. as hell in marketing with it. Yeah, so, this presentation, yeah. Yeah. Going back to the beer, Edmund Zos. So my reason for putting, mentioning in that piece that, hey, Edmund Zos is named after Edmund Egan, a slave owner, and this is why this is whitewashing is because – that's an example of in the beer culture, specifically in Charleston, where someone has taken something uh, that is very directly connected to African culture and uh, the enslavement of African Americans, but like basically whitewashing and not telling the full story. Mm-hmm. And um, and so, good beer hunting, you know, good beer hunting is like Time Magazine for beer. It's a worldwide public, like everybody. Yeah. Is, right. It's very broad, so a lot of eyes got onto it. So once it came out, 
and Menzo's reaches out to me, uh, me and my team actually, and we have like a series of conversations, some of which were very awkward as hell, but I have to kind of like, you know, give them respect due because they kind of, they did stay the course and they kept up with the conversation and they would ask questions. When you say awkward, who was it awkward for? Them or you? Because it was like, a, I think, I say uh, it wasn't awkward for me, but it was okay. like, you know, it was definitely some some poker faces because right. I'd be on, like, just arrogantly speaking, I was like, I know these motherfuckers are going to kind of like call me and be like, hey, man, about that thing that you said in there, whatever. So it was like, <laughs> the whole time, I'm just sitting there like this in my mind. I'm like, yeah, 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 whatever, whatever, you know, you apologize, whatever, whatever, blah, blah, right. blah. But it got to a point to where it was like, okay, you know, let's do something together because I don't, you know, I don't want to be in a situation where I'm just constantly punching down, like, oh, fuck, yo, y'all did that shit. That was some bad shit. It's like, that's not productive. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, you know, it takes a lot of guts to say, hey, you know, I didn't know. I apologize. And I know that I should know, but I didn't know. And I want to get into a situation to where, I don't feel like that again. And that's so what that's what the so the article for them was an educational experience. They didn't know that they're well, yeah, kind of. So they knew about it, but they didn't under fully understand. And it, it's weird. It's weird that white white folks white <laughs> folks really don't like they don't know that prominent white folks in the 1700s owned slaves. With the boy say, I just saw boys in the hood. I didn't know. <laughs> didn't know. <laughs> but. But like going going back to that, like this dude opened up the first brewery in in North in South Carolina in seventeen seventy eight. You gotta know, right? <laughs> like you, what is going on in seventeen seventy eight, white folks? God, like you, slavery. Like oh, that's you, you the gotta, most important thing. You gotta know. Side note: I'm not gonna go too far into this story though. But so my wife is a full time makeup artist, right? And she had this this uh, wedding to do in um you know, like this rural ass place in uh, Virginia. And I'm like looking at the map and I'm like, yo, it's nothing. What the hell is here? Like I already kind of know what to expect. Right. So we go to this, we, it's like a four hour drive from the city or whatever. And we get to this big ass hotel with the big, tall white pillars. Shit. I mean, the oh, ground, the well kept right. like a damn plantation. We have this big ass rug on the porch of this hotel and it says homestead 1776. So this hotel that we went to where she had to do a wedding, do makeup for the wedding has been a hotel since 1776. Mm. And immediately my mom was like, Oh. They had so many black people. Yes. Yeah. I was thinking something crazy about that rug. I was like, is that right? <laughs> A new uh, yeah. a rope under there or some shit. Nah, I thought it was a hair rug or something. That place probably fucking haunted like a motherfucker too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, so like yeah, put that in there. We had the conversations, man. Like I said, they were you know they were gracious and like it's like yo, let's let's do something, man. Let's you know let's let's do something. So we came up with this beer um, called Eight and All, and it's kind of like a you know it's a playoff of words. It's the the eight for the the eight enslaved African Americans that were mentioned um, that brewed the beer, but it's kind of like a one plus one equals two sort of thing. So it's like a lot of times we separate history. It's always American history, Native American history, American history, African American history. Right. Whereas this is an example of this is everybody in there, good yeah. and bad. This is 
this is all American history, right? So it's like eight in all of us. So it's kind of like, like I said, one plus one equals two sort of thing. And um, so like, yeah, we, we did it. And like this, all this, everything that kind of like followed kind of like shit just started happening like out of the blue or whatever. So came up with the can, did the collaboration. And um, another guy from a brewery in Charleston reached out, a guy named Pierce Fleming. He owns a... Uh, uh, Common House L Works in uh, North Charleston, South Carolina. So he calls a couple days, maybe like a week or so after the articles are released. And, you know, he just wanted to have a conversation. So he kind of, uh, he heads Charleston Beer Week. You know how every city has like a beer week or whatever? Right. Well, Charleston has a beer week. Um, from what he's telling me, he's like, you know, traditionally it's just a big week of party. Like we don't do a whole bunch of educational shit, but you know, she's all parties, but I really want to do something educational for this thing. And then at Common House, they have this big, like, kind of like a beer garden sort of thing with a stage and like it's dope, man. And um, he's like, you know, I really want to do something. I really want to do something educational. And like your pieces that you wrote were like so just like informative and inspiring and they're like, uh, on a lot of different labels, humbling, and it's like, I just really want to do something revolving around that. So that's where the festival took place. So within Charleston Beer Week, we had a Take Care of the Root Festival, which was a panel discussion with me um, and these two young ladies called the Cocktail Bandits. They're like uh, very high on the co- in the cocktail scene in Charleston, two African-American uh, women's, uh, and they're from Charleston also. So it was just like basically just having a conversation about diversity and inclusion and all that stuff, which, you know, we probably hear, you know, panels like that all the time. But for Charleston, you just don't see shit like that. And you definitely don't see it in no damn brewery. You know what I'm saying? So it was kind of big for that. And then then also just, I mean, going back to the can, like, you know, I don't know if y'all can see it. Like, so... The can is, you know, I looked at it as an art piece because, like, I don't know if y'all seen that image before, but, like, this is basically an enslaved person with a collar around his neck. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and that's a that's a method of torture uh, during that time, whereas if, if, you know, slaves were deemed <laughs> insubordinate, um, they would put this collar around their neck and, it prevented them from running away and they couldn't sit down and they couldn't sleep. It would chafe. It's hot. It's muggy. It's getting infected. Like it was just horrible. Right. So on this can, I decided to put this on this can. So this can was uh, designed by my boy, Damian Johnson. We went to college together. Right. I wanted to put this on the can and it's a, I don't want to say it's an ugly image, but it's at least for me is a very disturbing image right? because of, like we're like the remnants of this and basically so if you see it you have one guy facing this way another guy facing the other way and they have the eight and then there's a symbol above the eight and that's a an adinkra symbol it's a west african um symbol and what it means is it's important to know your past uh, before you can understand your future kind of like to take care of the root whole thing but they're like the same it's the same portrait. And so basically I'm looking at that like, yo, specifically for Charleston, we have to have this 
conversation about the importance of the history, African-American history and what that means to this city and then how we can like kind of like move on, but still hold on to that truth. And if we don't, then we're all going to be having that fucking collar still on our neck. And I can say that because had beer been in my life when I was like 21, 22, like my fascination with it, I should not have had to wait till I was like 38, 37. But because of the things that happened at the shoots and fest where, because a lot of black people were excluded out of those beer spaces, it was just like foregone. It's like, no, that doesn't belong to you. You know right. what I'm saying? That's how a lot yeah. of people, how a lot yeah. of black people think. It's like, mm. no, that's, that's the white boy shit. That's not my shit. That's they shit. When in actuality, it's everybody's. Like, we were there, too. We just, we just weren't being told that we were there. So. Yo, that that can is crazy though. Yeah, like yeah. just the fact that you were able to get that image on the can on the can is big yeah. for the guy, right. and that's that's the collaboration with the slave guy. Yeah, yeah, crazy. yeah. And so, like again, like I said, I wanted this to be an art piece. So, I mean, it's definitely art piece. Yeah, sure. the easiest thing to do is to drink the beer. That's easy. Like, right. and at the end of the day, we just, just talking about beer. Like, this shit ain't that serious. Like, it's easy to drink the beer. It's not so easy to just walk around town holding right, it, right, right. It. You know what I'm saying? Right. And um, and it wasn't going into this thing like I didn't want this thing to just be on shelves all over the country. It's like no, no, no. Like I want very small batch. Like this ain't for that. This is for a specific conversation for this specific yeah. town or whatever. And um, like I said, the easiest thing to do is to have the is to drink the beer. It's not so easy to have that conversation. But if we're going to have these breweries and these, you know, historically black neighborhoods that are now being gentrified, and this area wasn't worth shit twenty years ago, but because these breweries come now and is owned by certain people that look a certain way, now this is a more desired area. Like, right. you know, what we, those are the things we need to talk about. We need, we need to, to clean up all of Martin Luther King boulevards and every yeah, city. <laughs> all that shit, man. All that shit. Yeah. <laughs> nah, but that that can't, that is crazy. That is a crazy story. Yeah, like yeah. I can't imagine sitting with somebody like a white person <laughs> drinking that beer. <laughs> they, what's that kid? Oh, what's all that kid? Here you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's crazy because you know it'll probably be a lot of people that just look at it and not really see it, which right. also mm-hmm. goes right. back to the whole thing. Is like, right? I saw something. I saw something different until you explained it. Just really, oh, I couldn't. Oh, no, I couldn't and when he saw when what I, did I didn't see the. I couldn't. It looked like a mirror almost. Like they look like mirror. Like they're mirror images. So I thought about the Invisible Man. It's a book. Uh, about oh, uh, racism okay. and shit like that, so okay. I just thought of that mirror and the Invisible Man, or like the spook who sat by the door, type of things like that. But oh, and then once he once he told me what the, about racism, though, right, right, yeah, I, so. I I knew exactly that it was racism on the on the can. I knew I knew something about racism was on the can, but I didn't see it until he explained what the. Uh, the yeah, actual yeah. apparatus was, yeah, but I know I've heard about it before. But and I think yeah, I to think put that on a can, that's ballsy. I think they had the image at the African American Museum in uh, in, mm-hmm. in, the, in, the mm-hmm. in the DC. Yeah. They got the actual. Uh, they going to put that the can in piece. there. Yeah, I think they actually do have the piece to show yeah. what it was. Mm-hmm. It was, it was yeah, it's yeah. it's ridiculous when you say it. You be like, yeah, that? yeah, it's yeah. overwhelming in that museum period. Uh, yeah, but um, yeah, they might as well go ahead and throw that can in there, man. Why not? Shit, man, let's talk it up, it's man. That's history. Yeah, it's definitely yeah. So, uh, also American history. So, there's a, a, a African American Research Center in Charleston, pardon me, called the Avery Research Center, and they're like in conjunction with the College of Charleston, which is like the university in the city. So, mm-hmm. a piece mm-hmm. that I wrote is going to be an exhibit 
in that oh, research. Man. Yeah, man. So like, yeah, like shit. That's shit, dope. That's shit, dope. Man. That dope. Man. Yeah, man. So yeah, well, yeah I mean, man. I mean, you know, he's doing big thing because you know he life flexed on him when he said, "What are they call my team." <laughs> well, oh yeah, they're not me. They called us. They called all of us. He's been flexing. He's he been dropping bombs. Oh low hanger. I hate even saying. I hate even talking about it, man. Because I'm nah, man. This is, like we said earlier. Cool. This is the podcast where you're supposed to put me yeah, on the pedestal. Yeah, 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 right. I'm just messing with you. I just, I just because I heard you said my team. Yeah, I still get randomly, randomly going to Europe. Europe just always blows me up. <laughs> right, yeah. right. Well, you know, I mean, dog, I, 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 I randomly go to like, we got randomly go down. Well, I think it's more like they they, 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 they said we're not going to go to like Miami. Now, yeah, I know, yeah, I know, I know. I know. But he, he and surprised. when he said that, he then he he backed it up with randomly. Yeah, <laughs> like, like that just seemed boss. Right, you just take it, man. Take it. You'd be surprised how cheap it is to go. Right. Uh, it's cheaper to go to like mm-hmm. Amsterdam than it is to go to Miami. Miami, you know what I'm saying? Like you can have way more fun, and then going to Amsterdam, you can go to like three, four other different countries. Just right, right. right. Drive, you can drive there. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, mm-hmm. nice. That's true. Yeah, I didn't even think about that part. Now, now yeah, I know you. I know you that. mentioned um, Good Bear Hunting, but you also do other writing for other publications as well. Because, uh, because what is Huckberry, what is like? What is Huckberry? So here's the thing with me, man. Since I was young, <laughs> I've always been in these spaces with all these white people, man. Like I, I don't like I played sports or whatever, and I was like, so I've always been cool with everybody. Like I was cool with, you know, I don't want to say regular black folks, but like you know, <laughs> or whatever. But I was cool with them boys in the street also, and I was cool with the the rednecks and cool with like I was just always cool with everybody and for whatever reason like I've always just been in spaces where I'm kind of like the only one for a, a lot of time right mm-hmm. so Huckberry is like what, what is Huckberry Huckberry is like <laughs> uh what's the uh, Huckberry is like Jordans for white boys man so it's, like, it's like so, but it's like a lot of shit that I'm into. So they sell like like a lot of camping gear and like fishing. Gear okay, and like you know, it's they're, they're like Cabela's. Yeah, not necessarily not that far, not that far. But like, <laughs> I will say, and they don't necessarily cater specific. Like they have black folks in their marketing, whatever. But like, I was put on to Huckberry by one of my my white homeboys, and everybody like when I posted about. Oh man, I'm a writer for Huckberry now. Like this is so crazy. All my white boys are like, "Oh my gosh, you're my shit's crazy!" <laughs> all your black friends are like, "What the fuck is that? What is Huckberry?" So in my world, that's what it is. You know, most black people just don't or whatever. But like, yeah, so that's you know, Huckberry is like it's actually really cool, man, because they do like a lot of video uh, stuff with their uh, merchandise or whatever, and it's kind of like an end all be all. Uh, thing for like in particular for like men so like uh like a lot of i know like a lot of women they're shopping for their boyfriends or husbands or whatever you can get like a lot of cool stuff on there like okay. you know like not they got like a lot of beer shit on there so it's like kind of like a general i, I, I want to say i heard of it though yeah yeah i'm pretty sure you've seen it before yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. huckberry's dope man they do a lot of dope stuff well you're a fisherman so you probably are into that life yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. outdoorsy. Yeah, yeah, I heard, I heard of, yeah, I heard of it before. Mm-hmm. You go yeah. bunch of ride out there, out there. 
Nah, I'm a hawkbird. I might have got a like a Swiss Army knife or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cut your line. Cut your lines. Cut a motherfucker just in case they run up on me. Nope, nope. Your Swiss Army knife is just for fishing, bro. Just for fishing, yeah. You never know, man. You be out. Yeah. I'm telling you, man. You be out there in them, in them, especially when you by yourself. Like, cause sometimes I go fishing by myself. Man, you gotta make sure that you got some protection. You never know what's going on, oh, yeah. man. Oh yeah, be safe never out know. there. Never know. Yeah. I have man, I got an Uncle Hank boy. He keep a pistol on him, boy. <laughs> yeah, I got a, I got a, I got a, I got an uncle that go to the Walmart with his gun. Yeah, he's, he's at, like, yeah. Uh, my uncle Hank yeah. keeps a pistol on him. Yeah, you gotta do what you got. What you gotta do? Safety first, people. Safety first. <laughs> safety first. No. So let me ask you. Let me ask you this, Jamal. Going back a little bit, mm-hmm. when you uh, when, when was it that you just was like the government job isn't for me, the teaching's not for me, like this this writing thing and the beer? Because I know you said after the internship you went uh, right to trying to get beer jobs and porn and things like that. Mm-hmm. Were you still doing a government job and and working at the brewery, or was it as soon as I got done the internship, I'm full bore into yeah. this beer? No, nah, I still I still work okay. in the government. <laughs> like yeah, I yeah. never talk like nobody know I never talk about it. But I um like I've always known this goes back to like just growing up in South Carolina. I've always known what I wanted to do and I've kind of my mom would always ask me when I was young, was like, you know, Jamal, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I used to tell her, um, you know, I don't know. I just want to have fun. And of course she'd be like, Boy, you need to know exactly what right. you want to do. And what that meant was like I, I like I like talking to people. I like talking to strangers in particular. Um, I love doing like creative things. I love writing. So it's like not one thing that I enjoy doing. Right. But like as far as like the beer space, I can do all of that stuff. Like I can talk about the music. I can drink some beer. I can meet strangers. You know, podcasts. Right? Like I can do so many different things. And it's like, like I said, it, it took me a while to understand it, but like that Czech Republic uh, experience, man, like it just opened my eyes, man, to the point where like beers, basically like baseball cards to me, like I can't get enough of it. Like I'm always thinking about it. I'm a diehard college football fan, but I think like just beer and all and the beer culture is kind of like surpassing that. Right. Um, so, so have you did anything else with uh, Thrillers since then? Nope. Uh-uh. No, oh, no, okay. no, they just posted it, so it wasn't. It wasn't. Through, so that internship was through a company called World of Beer. Oh, oh, okay, yeah, okay, yeah. Okay, okay. Just, just okay, like ran it or whatever. Right. Like, okay. you know, they, they put that stuff like, do you want to eat candy for the year? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, but it's okay. not thrilling. But it's right. not. Doom. It's right. just yeah, that yeah. they. they so when you went down to Tampa, it was World of Beer or was it yeah, World of Beer? Yeah, World of Beer. Gotcha. So, so you still in contact with them? World of Beer, no. No, no. Uh, that, that I mean, very gracious for that. Uh, yeah, that that opportunity, opportunity man. Um, but that, that it was also kind of element of like, yo, we got a damn Lamborghini with no gas in it, sort of thing. Mm. Like it could, it could have at least in our yeah. eye, it could have like really been so. And they probably didn't want it to get too big. I think they really just wanted some the social media attention from it, which mm-hmm. I'm sure they got. Um, but like you know. Wait, it was still cool. Like it set me on my path, so I ain't mad at it. Right, right, yeah, right. yeah. Because yeah, that's, that's why I was, sure. I was, that's why I was asking. Like, if you still was working with any of them, because, because it did send you up. Right, and he's actually pretty good at his uh, his uh, beer writing because he is an award winner 
Congratulations. Yeah, man. Like even dog, even that, like I didn't know nothing about that shit, man. Like that's you know, uh, I, I wrote a uh, another piece, it's called uh, Mutated Anxiety. So this was like right after um the George Floyd thing. Hmm. And um so with uh Good Beer Hunting, we have a uh we use the Slack uh, app. I don't know if you guys are familiar with mm-hmm. Slack. Yeah. Yeah. So once you know, everybody all the contribute contributors are, are on there. We like communicate, joke or whatever, take pictures. But uh on the work side, like if we want to pitch an idea, um we have is a segment on uh Good Beer Hunting called B roll. And it's kinda like these like quick little write ups uh, about a picture and it's kinda like to explain like the culture around, uh, uh, around beer or whatever. And, um, so you take your picture or whatever, post your picture in there and like, give like a little pitch about it and they'll pick it up or not, or, you know, you know, edit it or, you know, whatever. So I had this picture of my son and this is like during quarantine, everybody shut down, it's fresh in the quarantine. And uh, in our kitchen is like a back door. And he was like just sitting on the floor. I just took a picture of him and you can't really see his face. You just see him sitting on the floor playing and you just see a silhouette. And so I po- I dropped it in the Slack app and the I wrote like a little short sentence about being black in the face of COVID and law enforcement. And um, Michael Kaiser, the, the guy that runs GBH, he sent me a, a private DM. He was like, hey, man, like, much love to Michael Kaiser, man. Like, he's really good at being, like, aware and sensitive to, like, everybody, not just, like, on the race ship, but, like, everybody. Like, he's really good with that. And then through the, the work on GBH, like, you can see that. But anyway, he sends me a DM. He was like, hey, man, like, I ain't trying to push you. And I know, you know, this is like some very touchy things, but he was like, I think it's important if, for you to kind of like talk about that if you're willing to. Like, again, I'm not pushing you, but like if you are open to doing that, I would love to see you do that. And um, so, like, you know, that time for me was like crazy, man, because, you know, we were locked in. And then I didn't even want to see that shit, that George Floyd stuff, man. I saw it on accident. And I was like, God right. damn, right. man. And I remember also we had, like, for GBH, we had, like, this uh, Zoom meeting with everybody. And this was, like, right after it. And I think Michael Kaiser just kind of wanted to check everybody, make sure everybody was okay, um, which was, you know, crazy because there ain't a lot of black people who <laughs> write for GBH. Yeah. There's, like, me and, like, a couple other people. But you have, like um, – some Southeast Asian folk, and you have people of color there. Right. Um, but at that particular time, you know, a whole lot, and I remember there was like some conversations going on about it, and like I'm just hearing everybody saying, oh my gosh, it's so crazy, this is unfortunate, this is sickening, and then I was like, yo, what is it about this one? Y'all ain't seen the last right, right. Five, <laughs> right. Seen, you know, Exactly, yeah. yeah. And then, um, again, uh, Michael Kaiser, he was like, Man, I think it's because everybody's shut in now. Like, you know, we're forced right. to look at it. And That's true. It's crazy, and it's unfortunate to say it like that, but he's like, that's that's the truth. And I was like, okay. So anyway, so I wrote that piece, and so that piece was basically I came at it from uh, um, people always say, oh, well, slavery happened so long. Like, if you're black and you any kind of, like, racism or anything like that, you can always connect it to slavery. Right. In short, you can just be like, oh, 
well, how come if this? I know this is a myth, but uh, how come not black fathers are not in their their child's lives? Oh, slavery. And people right. can be like, that doesn't make any sense. It's like, well, that actually makes a lot of sense. It makes right. all the sense. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. But um, so for me, I wanted to connect. I wanted to show people how close that connection is. Whereas I was born in 1979, and my great-great-grandfather died in 1976. And that motherfucker was born a slave. Mm. Like that shit ain't that ain't that far away. That's like two right. people, man. You know what I'm saying? Right. right. And then exactly. my mom was a sharecropper, and what that was was basically uh like bootleg slavery or whatever. It's like, oh, well, we'll pay you to work this farm, but if we're gonna set the quota at ten, and if you only meet the quota at seven, then we're not gonna pay you, and you have to work off that three that you like sharecropping is right. really mm-hmm. like some. That's some crazy wild shit. So you have people that come up in that, and then because you're trying to make a, make a, uh, meet a quota, and you need all hands on deck. So now, if you have kids, now they can't go to school because you're trying to meet this quota because you don't want to be in debt. So it's like all this stuff going on, and I'm just talking about that and just talking about my relationship to, to the beer and just all kind of wild stuff. Anyway, on Twitter, like, they... Um, NAGBW National Associate the what is it? Fuck, National American Guild of Beer Writers. Guild of beer Writers, yeah. So um that's going on Sorry, North, like, North American Guild. North American Guild for Beer Writers. So they're just but my Twitter is going off crazy. Like I'm not even on Twitter like that. They're like, oh Jamal, you won, you won. I'm like, won <laughs> what? So you won for uh I think it was like best commentary for for that uh for that piece that I wrote. I was like, oh shit. It's like I don't know what the hell this is, but I you know, thank you. I, you know. <laughs> nice. You uh, said I won an award, thanks. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah, like, I didn't know what that was, man. But you know, and then, you know, a lot of times that's you know, this is for anybody though. This ain't even just for me. I think it's power in not knowing. Because like mm-hmm. just going up in spots and like that, and like you can ask a lot of questions and and figure stuff out, and, and that's why I also think, man, like especially for black women, man, like once black women start getting more into this uh, to this industry, man, I'm working on an initiative with my college. Like we're going to start seeing a lot. I think a lot of innovation and a lot of patents and Good. stuff like that. Like I'm not going to nerd out too much on y'all with that, but like. It's power in not knowing. I just want everybody to know this. Right. Nice. I agree. Um, I don't. Did you Did you mention um what style of beer that was that that the, the collaboration was for? What? Oh, it's a it's an American strong ale. Okay. So, like I was saying earlier, it pairs well with Gullah Geechee dishes. So, Gullah Geechee mm-hmm. dishes is it's the same thing as like Caribbean food, man. If you do rice and peas, uh, like our food has a Gullah Geechee uh, cuisine has a tendency to be a bit spicy. A lot of seafood, like a lot of oysters, shrimp, fish, mm-hmm. fried fish, red rice, like I mentioned. A lot of stews and all of that. Mm-hmm. And uh, they have a tendency to be a bit spicy. So American Strong strong Ale is, uh, you know, leans more to the to the malt. And the malt has a tendency to kind of like cool down spices or knock down spice, spiciness. Uh, but there's also like a, a, it has a fairly high IBU in this beer. 
which is not overbearing, but it's just enough to kind of like just like peek its head. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, and it's a it's eight and a half percent. Uh, the, the the portions are served down there really heavy, as they say. Uh, they uh, have a heavy hand, like they'll load your plate up. So if you're gonna drink an eight and a half percent beer, I don't know if you want to just be eating uh, sausages and crackers. Like you want to eat right. pretty right. pretty hearty. That's what stick to. So. Nice. Yeah. Um, all right. Um, that's a, that's a been a been a lot. Any any, any more questions yeah. for Ray? Right. No, man, this is fun. Like, again, man, like, this is the this is the blackest one I've been on. It's always me talking about, well, you know, I think it's, you know, why you should use it. And now it's like, I'm dropping saying nigga and all kinds of shit. I was, I was like, you, put, you, you do the nigga a lot. Yeah. <laughs> ain't, ain't nothing wrong with it. You're like, nigga, that's how I do. That's how I do. That's how I do. That's how <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Uh, uh, all right, yeah. any, any more questions for Jamal? Yeah, nah, oh, no, man. I got a question for y'all. So y'all oh, had yeah. DJ Finn on here. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, how did that work that's out? What we do. Like, how did that work? That you was know, real Toyota. Sometimes you just gotta put it yeah. out there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's dope, man. Yeah, like I, I watch, you know, drink champs like crazy, man. Yeah. We- me too. That's why I reached out. <laughs> nah, but he like fuck with crowns and hops. And, and, uh, yeah, so I saw he, I saw yeah. that on the table one episode. I was like, oh yeah, yeah. yeah so that's that. what yeah. did it. Like, cause we fuck with uh, with uh, Teal and uh, Benny. and Benny too. So I was like, I'm gonna go ahead and reach out to him. Yeah, yeah. And see yeah. what happened. Yeah, we had uh, Benny on our podcast. I haven't met either neither one of them in person though. But like, yeah, I love what they're doing, man. Like, they're like mm-hmm. the. They're like leading all this shit out. Right, yeah. I think it's safe yeah. to say, man. Oh, like, man. Fly, like. I, I, I saw you ain't been to Barrel and Flow yet, then. Yeah, you yeah, yeah. Them? No, nah. yeah, no, yeah. Those are your Pittsburgh boys, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. See, I haven't been there. I haven't yeah. been there either. Well, right, That's yeah. the blackest beer fest you so ever that, gone yeah, to. You yeah. talk about you like black shit. shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, gotta, I, I, want to, I gotta try that out, man. I need to get out more, man. That fucking COVID's still out here strong, though. Yeah. 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 But that was a yeah. good thing about Barrels on Flow. You uh, made sure you was vaccinated, and if you weren't, you had to take a rapid test on site. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Nobody, you, you wasn't getting in there with out there. Yeah. And it was outside, it was spacey. Outside. So it was like, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, so it was it was good. And it's another and it's another one in uh Rocky Mountain, isn't it? Yeah. Um uh I think it's in Durham now, but yeah, the uh, Blacktoberfest. Oh Blacktober. Oh, it's in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to them, man. For sure. Yeah, yeah man. We need more black Black shit. Yeah, I mean, and, and they're now changing the air up in uh, changing the air in Connecticut. They're, they're doing, yeah, they're doing it, and, and even uh, Oak Park is trying to do some stuff as well. True, trying, yeah, trying, trying, to, trying to um change the narrative, or at least um make sure people are aware that black people do love beer and drink beer and all that good stuff. Yeah. Um, and we was a part. Of, we've been a part of this since y'all been a part of this. Since we've been yeah. a part, we've been a part mm-hmm. of it. Right, that's right. a good way of saying it for sure. Yeah. There you go. Uh, I, 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 Eight no. I was, it was funny because I was right. right. <laughs> yes, I, I was asking well about the, the beer type because I was like, I didn't know if you had like something significant to Charleston, like rice or something, like rice lager no. or something. I, I'm working on oh. that too, brother. 
Okay. Oh yeah, that is true. I didn't even think of that. Yeah, we we working on something. Just man. don't make no, just don't make no seafood uh, lager. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, no, nothing too crazy, man. Nothing did you you had that seafood beer right. before? Did you you ain't like it? Yeah. Oh, no, no that shit was delicious. A shrimp and but grit ale. That's not popping. No, it was shrimp and grit ale. The one that I had was um was uh, lobster, <laughs> a hefe lobster. <laughs> shrimp a, and grit hefe. Yeah, I had a steak really? and lobster joint. Oh no, no. <laughs> I, I, I did. I did have a steak and lobster beer. Yeah, but it, but the thing was is that it was just it was didn't taste like lobster or nothing. It was just Whoa. it probably was just good to go with a, if I had lobster because it almost kind of tastes like something you would eat with drink with seafood. So mm-hmm. I, I I think that's where they got it from, but right. it didn't taste like. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Because remember, I had the steak one first, and it was smoky. The steak one was kind of smoky, and then the lobster joint was more on a on a lighter side, lemony kind of kind of flavor to it. So, gotcha. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, we want to thank uh, Jamal for coming through. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, sir. Thank you very much. Appreciate uh, you. Before we, we wrap up, we always like on. to know how people can find everybody on these worldwide web social medias. Uh, and Jamal, since you are, I guess, how can people find you and your work? Uh, I am heavy on Instagram at sweetgrass3 and um, goodbeerhunting.com is where you can find all my pieces. But I have it all linked up on my Instagram. So Instagram is like the best place. So what's sweetgrass3 stand for? So sweetgrass, another Charleston reference. Um, okay. The sweet grass basket weaving. I don't know if you've ever seen like pictures of young. So back home, um, a lot of the old timers they uh, get these uh, sweet grasses. Kind of like they grow in like marshy areas mm-hmm. the, around the city, and they, it's like this really old West African style of uh, basket weaving. Mm-hmm. They make, like, all these big ass baskets to kind of like hold rice, and but now like they make them to, you can put anything in and they sell them for like crazy amounts of money man so. yo so let me ask you this how do I visit black charleston and not uh <laughs> the Atlanta I want to go to black charleston I'm telling you follow my whole boy KJ Kearney he has a uh, black food fridays on okay. like he he he's your guy like you hit okay. him up or just see the the places that he goes to like and he has this crazy following also so he's pretty popular, man. And like, yeah, yeah. he's all, so all his stuff is in Charleston. No, they're all, all over the place, but he's okay. from Charleston. He's in okay, the city so he now, knows, and he, he knows yeah. what to do. Yeah, all right, I'm about to check him out. Yeah, right. check him out. Right. I already follow him. How about that? I think I, I think I do too already. I, think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't. He, got, he look. He got food on the page, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. right. That's probably what it was. <laughs> exactly. yeah. Has black and food in his name. Yeah. Yes, he's definitely gonna followed by us. Oh, an alligator. Yeah, boy. Oh, you see that? Stupid. Yeah. Oh, stupid. Man, he got a whole alligator on the grill. Uh. Yeah, yes. I know the oh boys my goodness. about that. Yeah, we sure nope. don't. No, no, no. Nope. <laughs> uh, oh my. Yo, how can they find you? You can find me on Instagram at I M three zero two Y O D A. Yay. All right. Aggressive. <laughs> uh, Lou? Yay, yay. Lou? Lou oh. stuck up. Yo, this fucking alligator. <laughs> Oh man, y'all got to go and check out this fucking alligator. Uh, anyway, uh, I'm on them Instagrams. My name is Lou Belgium. All right, you can find Bruce and Banter podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at 
Twitter at Bruising Banner Podcast. Because <laughs> they don't like how I say Twitter. They're going to find it this week. They're going to find, they it, gonna this find it this week. Oh, yeah. gonna, somebody going to listen and say, oh, they're on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Finally. I never knew. I thought it was Twitter. Twitter. Right? <laughs> uh, you, can li- you can actually go to www.bruisingbanter.com and find all the links. But you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can say, hey, Alexa, listen, let me hear Bruising Banter because we are on Amazon Music as well. Um, if you want to follow me, Rob G, Rob State Bruising, there it is. <laughs> and you can get that okay. merch like uh, I see uh, Yo got the hoodie on. Uh, yeah, if you yeah, go to yeah. www.bruisingbird.com. Uh, not my hoodie. <laughs> there you go with that fucking hoodie. <laughs> oh, I'm wearing it for, that hoodie. I'm wearing it every, forever, forever. And ever, and ever, and ever. <laughs> you petty as hell. Look at Lou. Lou's like, that shit's not funny. <laughs> uh, and tell, uh, oh, uh, if you want to follow Dev, Dev, Dev Drinks Crafts Brew, um, that's how you follow him as well. And until next time, have a good week. Everyone, I can't remember I've been popping my collar. Hey, yo, yo, hey, yo, hey, yo. Before we go any further, everybody's fucking gonna be mocking me while I'm on this stage. <laughs>